Welcome to the Recharge Your Life podcast with me, Dr. Carrie Ulrich and Kelly Gunther. We are thrilled to talk to people who have made a decision that recharged their lives. Often they push themselves out of their comfort zones and took risks. We want to know about that decision point. Why did they make that decision? And most importantly, how can we learn from them? Kelly and I are passionate HR professionals, and together we co-founded our HR consulting firm, Abrachi Group. We have talked to amazing people throughout our careers and listened to them as they made decisions that changed their lives and knew that these inspirational stories would help others. And why did we call it Recharge? It's based on a book I co-authored called The Way of the HR Warrior, and in it, we have a leadership model, CHARGE, which stands for courage, humility, accuracy, resiliency, goal-oriented, and exemplary. We know that people used one or more of these qualities to help them make their decisions, and we want to learn from them. Now, sit back, listen, and be inspired by these stories, and then do something to recharge your life. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. It's Kelly. We're so excited to have Paul Henderson as our special guest. Paul is a dean of students, sports chaplain, author, and motivational speaker. He's also a former track and field athlete at Virginia Commonwealth University. Paul blogs at Fatherhood on the Fly, where his slogan is, we're learning, we're growing, and we're getting better one day at a time. He uses a combination of encouragement and humor from daily experiences with his boys to inspire dads from different backgrounds to embrace the journey of fatherhood and all that comes with it. Paul's first book, Slave No More, Conquering the Master Within, was released January 4th, 2022. Paul is married to Kira, and together they have four sons, PJ, Joey, David, and Noah. Paul, thank you so much for being a guest on our podcast. We always like to start by asking what you do when you want to push yourself and expand your thinking. Yeah, well, well first and foremost, thank you so much for uh, for, for having me. I'm, I'm thrilled to be here. I'm honored to be I'm honored to be here and uh, to, to join you on the podcast uh, today. And it's, it's interesting enough, uh, you know, when it comes to uh, if I want to push my thinking or or expand um, and expand my thinking, uh, one podcast I, I like to listen to is The Secret to Success uh, with with CJ Carl uh, Jam- uh, Jamal and, and and Eric Thomas or ET. And a lot of people are familiar with with Eric Thomas and you know and a lot of motivational um, you know talks that he's done or even just clips that he's done. So sometimes if if I want that motivation, sometimes if I'm in the grocery store, I'll just turn it on because. Um, you know, e- even even if what they're talking about is not specifically something that I'm dealing with, just the energy, um, just the intentionality of, of of being successful can sometimes help me uh, to to just really, quite honestly, it could just get me to to think about how I can find a solution with whatever situation I'm, you know I may be dealing with at that time. Thank you. Thank you for joining us, Paul. And I I haven't heard of that podcast. We, we, Kelly and I are so lucky that we get to learn every time we talk to one of our guests about a new podcast. Who do they interview? Like, is it just secret to success overall? Is it very specific to an industry? Yeah. So uh, I, I quite, quite honestly, I looked it up because, um, you know, I've, I've seen some of Eric Thomas's, uh, you know, talks and, and yeah. I've heard, um, you know, every once in a while you'll see a YouTube clip or, or something on Instagram. I'm like, man, you know, whatever he's saying right there is something that I needed to hear at this moment, moment in my life. And I said, well, why don't I, you know, why don't I have a podcast app? Why don't I look up Eric Thomas to see yeah. if he has a podcast? And, and what do you know? The Secret to Success podcast. Uh, so the way their podcast is really just a, um, at least the ones that I've listened to, 
it's really just a conversation between four or five guys. You know, they, they're talking, they're laughing, and then somebody will say something. And one, you know, one of the guys will just go on about some success principle or, or, or their mindset when it comes to dealing with a with a specific issue. Because e- even though I'm in the education field, I'm an author, so on and so forth, um, I, I really think that just having a good mindset is the mm-hmm. transferable skill um, that, that will help you be successful in, in whatever area um, it is in your life. Mm-hmm. It's a, what, what's the last, I, I love that you're in the grocery store. You're like, I need a little boost. I'm going to listen to what they have to say. Do you remember <laughs> the last, do you remember when you were picking up Cheerios or something, the last one <laughs> that you listened to that you're like, ah, this one really sticks with me. I love this, this nugget that they gave me. Yeah, I, I think I want to say uh, one of the last one I listened to was probably um, Visions and Decisions. I think that's I think that may have been the one um, that, that it was. And, and, and it, it was all about I remember one of the guys talking about how he was stretching his thinking and, re, re, you know, regarding his finances and how he wanted to do more in order to set his family up well. You know, he he's hit certain levels. You know, he overcame certain things. But how can I stretch myself? How can I push myself, uh, you know, a, a, a little further with the skills, you know, that I have? And it was all about not settling. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, so typically when I hear something like that, because I, I do uh, most of the grocery shopping in my family. So sometimes I'm like, OK, how can I, you know, what what can I do that's, that's going to be um, – uh, a productive while while I'm getting the Cheerios or whatever right. it is I'm getting while while I'm in the grocery store and, and and you know while I'm in there and I'm like if he's pushing himself in this area what area of my life can I push myself to be sure that I'm not settling and that I'm that I'm getting all out of life that needs to be gotten out of mm, and I, just, I love that that message already I'm like don't settle. And how can you like, cause it's very easy to settle and it, other people kind of want you to settle sometimes too. And so how can you keep just that top of mind? Um, that's such a great lesson already, Paul. And I, I will say, Paul, I see you because you have four boys. I'm thinking you have two grocery carts. Cause how do you, that's a lot of mouths, <laughs> that's a lot of mouths to feed, Paul. <laughs> a- 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 absolutely. And y- you know what? The bigger they get, it's amazing. The more they eat. <laughs> <I'm> not, <laughs> it's amazing how that works. <laughs> it does. They need more food. It's weird. Yeah. I just think like, that's just a lot of people to feed all the time, Paul. Okay. Um, so we could talk about groceries for a while, but we're not going to with Paul. This is not the grocery podcast on clipping coupons. But Paul, the big question that we love to ask, and I know you're prepared for, is what is the decision that you made or was made for you that changed the trajectory of your life? And what are some of those charge qualities that you used to help you through it? Wow. I, you know, this 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 is a story that I that I'll always go back to because um you're talking about changing the trajectory of your life. I look back at 2016. Um, that was such a transitional year. My wife and I have been married for five years at this point. Um, I've been with a group called Fellowship of Christian Athletes for about eight years, which is where most of my chaplain 
work was done. Most of my sports chaplain work was done. Um, that was my first job out of college. You know, I was involved with the group uh, while I was in school. It, you know, the, the group or the ministry, they really, really supported me. They really encouraged me during my time in college running track and field at, at, at Virginia Commonwealth University. So so um, e- so when I was wrapping up my um, my grad school, getting my master's in teaching, you know, the, the, the guy said, hey, Paul, why don't you um, have you ever considered coming on staff with, a, you know, with FCA? And I was like, uh, not really. You know, I'm going to teach. I'm going to coach track. And that was the trajectory uh, yeah. that, that I thought would be most effective. That's what I wanted to do. And that's what I was going to do. But the more I thought about it, you know, I, I saw, you know what? If I work for FCA, I have an opportunity to actually do what I really want to do. I wanted to work with students, but I really want to work with athletes because that's that's what, that's what I relate to. And, and, and it's so often we see... Um, different athletes and different coaches, you know, in the media that have all of these character flaws, um, or 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 they're defined by by their by their sport. And I want to come back to that word, you know, when it comes to being defined uh, by a sport. Um, and at the same time, I knew a lot of athletes who who were just really good dudes, like or, or just really good girls. They they were they were awesome. And 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 it's, it's something about learning how to use the the platform that you have as an athlete to to really say, okay, this is in my belief, this is what God has given me. How can I affect mm-hmm. other people's lives, you know, with what I believe God, you know, what I believe God God has given me. So I saw it as an awesome opportunity. I did that for eight years, from 2008 up until 2016. In 2016, it came to a point where I realized just like athletes were being defined by their sport, I realized that I had become defined by my role with FCA. So, so I, I have my family here. I mean, in this, I'm, I'm about a year removed from doing my first NFL chapel. Somebody had actually asked me, what, what's your dream job? I said, if I could do a, a, a pregame chapel for my favorite NFL team, I mean, I, you, you, I tell you what, that would be my dream job. Now, it come to, you know, within a year, I was actually doing that. And I was like, how in the world did I get here? This is awesome. I know who you are. I know who you are. I know who you are. Um, I, I didn't let them know, but, you know, because I didn't want to come across as a fanboy when they're trying to get learn a lesson from me. <laughs> you know, yeah. so, so uh, but a year after that, I'm leaving this group, Fellowship of Christian Athletes, that has such an impact on my life. And I realized around the time I had allowed myself to become defined by what I was doing. Paul, can you come speak here? Can you come speak at this group? Hey, can you come do this for us? And, and, and I would run because these guys need me. They, they, they need to hear what, what it is I'm talking about. They need to hear this message that, that I have. Meanwhile, certain aspects of my family were suffering. Mm. And so, so what good does it do? You know, what, what, what good am I really doing if everyone out here is 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 happy and cheering Paul Paul Paul, but at home, my wife is dissatisfied. Mm-hmm. What what's really going going on there? So I'm on this journey. I left FCA and I took a job as a teacher. I was teaching in an alternative school. So so I'm in this alternative school, and I'm like, what what in the world have I gotten myself into? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, l- l- last year, you know, had NFL. Guys, professional athletes shaking their hands, talking about how much they got and how much they appreciate the message I'm, I'm sharing with them. And, and then the next year, like literally a year later, students want to hit me. They're, they're throwing stuff at me. They don't want anything to do with me while I'm trying to give them everything mm-hmm. I have. I'm like, 
how the heck did I get here? <laughs> you know, yeah. and not only that, it was it was a bit of a pay cut from from what I was making. And then a couple of months after that, we you know HR shows up at the school and they let us they let us know, hey, we have four campuses. Our funding you know is a little bit behind. We got to shut one campus down. Your campus is the one that's being shut down. Mm. And I'm like, you have got to be kidding me! <laughs> I, I, I just left FCA. I've been teaching for a semester. This is what I thought I was going to do all along. I'm teaching. Mm-hmm. I teach for a semester. The school shuts down. It, it shut down. My wife and I were going through a challenge in our marriage. You know, we have two little boys. She's pregnant with our third, and I don't have a job. Mm. So a couple of months after the school shut down, we we had our baby. And um, it, it was a really sweet time because during that time, I was able to be really intentional with my family, intentional with my wife, spending time with my wife, spending time with my boys. And about a month later, a friend of mine, a mentor of mine came into town and um, he said, Paul, maybe during this time, there are some things, you know, you're looking for a job and everything. And that's great. But maybe during this time, you know, perhaps there's something that you've wanted to do that you just didn't have the opportunity to do. That was the same night. I wrote Bobby was frustrated, which are the first words of my book, Slave No More, Concrete and Master Within. Mm. So what I did was I had to learn how to change the view and and and, and the, the quality of, the, of the, the charge framework. I look at resiliency. OK, I had to learn how to be resilient during that time. I would spend time with my boys in the morning. My wife was she, you know, she was on bed rest for a little while. So, hey, hey, Kira, what do you need? How can I support you? I'm going to apply for some jobs, I'm going to apply for X amount of jobs, we're going to network and do whatever it is I need to do during the day to be sure my family's taken care of and at night I'm writing. At night I'm writing and I'm thinking of ideas. How can I be resilient? You know what? Yes, I'm out of work, but I actually, you know, a, a positive attitude is I actually have a little bit more time to write right now because I don't have to go into the office tomorrow. So I had to learn how to be resilient during that time. And, and that resiliency, I, t- I tell you what, I, I wrote most of the book within the next two months. There were um, the book is inspirational fiction, um, you know, it had, it with with some with some nonfiction story woven through of individuals that I know that have come, overcome, you know, amazing odds. Whether it was things that happened to them that he, that they couldn't control, or situations that they that they put themselves in, and they chose not to be defined by them their situations. They chose not to be, quote unquote, enslaved to their past life circumstances. But I said, can we write this in a way where where is it's ex- acceptable to read or, 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 or you know, it's, it's the book is actually in a story form. So you're actually learning along with the main character. Hey, you can overcome, too. As you're reading his story, you're you're learning and you're overcoming right along with them during that time out of work. There, there was a, a part of my book I wanted to have a better idea of what's it like at a fire station. Well, being that I didn't have a job, I said, hey, boys, let's take a trip to the fire station. And I yeah. talked with the firefighters. I learned more about the fire engines. I called my cousin. She gave me a few um, you know, ideas about just so that we could make sure that everything within a book made sense. You see, being out of work, having that positive mindset and choosing to be resilient during that time actually yeah. changed the trajectory because in 2017, that's when I wrote most of my books, Slave No More, Conquering the Master Within. So I really look at that quality that you all have here. Um, and, and, I, and I look at my story. I'm like, that's the one right there being resilient that, yeah. that really helped change the trajectory for my life. Wow. It's such a, it's so much, Paul, and it's such a beautiful story. And we need more people who care so much about fatherhood. You know that we could have a whole podcast on, on dads. 
um, and the importance of dads and especially to, to their boys. So I love that you got to spend more time and you refocused. Can we go back a little? So sure. 2016, when you, cause we have a lot of people who listen and I know there are a lot of hard charging people. We've had a, quite a few people talk about that moment, Paul, where you're like, Oh, I don't know if this career is as important as like some stuff going on in my life. That's, that's the more important stuff. And so what, how did you kind of get that aha moment and how did you get through that shift of like leaving? Cause you were allotted, right? It's like Paul's here and, right. NFL and that's quite a dream. And so how did you go, you know what, we're not, I'm not going to do this. I'm going to go to the alternative school. Like walk us through that a little bit. Right, right. So, um, so what I did with uh, FCA, there was a lot of uh, fundraising involved. So I, I, I actually had to fund, um, I had to fund my position. Um, I had to go out there and meet donors. You know, um, you know whether it's people within my network or you know uh, people from my extended network. You know, whether it's board members or whoever else it was, um, and they would say, "Hey, you need to meet this guy, Paul. He's doing great things on, at this school, and um, you know, consider supporting him, so on and so forth." Um, and we, we got to a point where we, we actually had a banquet in May of, of that year. And I, I mean, I had a lot of people there and I'm like, okay, I've been a little bit behind in some of my fundraising. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, 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 you know, we're thinking that this will be the banquet that would not only catch us up, but it'll give us, you know, a little breathing room so that we could just continue to build that, that monthly support, that monthly base. And then, um, I remember after that banquet talking with my uh, supervisor and we're looking at the numbers, we're like, this does not make sense. You know, we're thinking that we would be caught up and the numbers just were not show, showing up. Yeah. And I, I remember I'm talking, um, you know, just really dealing with it. The, uh, the, 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 my supervisor at the time, uh, Mike, we still have a great relationship to this day. As a matter of fact, he's a pencil artist and he did actually did the interior drawings uh, for, for my book. Um, so I mean, he's, he was the guy that would come to campus when I was at VCU. And to this day, we still, you know, we still talk as recently as this week. Um, but, but I remember during that time just sitting with him and we were looking at the numbers and he said, Paul, I don't, I don't know what to say. You know, I don't know what to say. And at the time, my wife was she was definitely um, not not too happy because at the end of the day, we have to do what's best for our family. Yeah. And I remember um, at leaving. Quite honestly, I was I was headed to that. My um, my yearly evaluation meeting with Mike, and um, and we always had this Mexican restaurant that we would always go to, and we still go there to this day. Um, <laughs> and thank God for good uh, supervisors, right? The fact that we work, Absolutely. we still talk to this day, yep. um, even though I'm not working together. That shows yep. the strength of our relationship. Exactly. Um, I remember going to there, and this is just my you know just my personal belief, and I remember going there, and I was I was praying, and I said, mm-hmm. I literally said, God, who am I? I said, God, who am I? Wow. And all I all I believe I heard was that Paul, you're 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 my son, you're Kiara's husband, and you're a father to your boys. Hmm. I I didn't hear anything about FCA. I didn't hear anything about being a speaker. Wow. I didn't hear anything about you're going to make this impact over here. And I was like, you're 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 my you're my son, your husband to your wife, and hmm. you're a father to your boys. Hmm. And that was the point I realized that I had. You know, I had an identity crisis. I had an identity crisis. And um, I remember talking with a friend of mine um, who was actually she was a personal friend of mine who who had become a board member. And, and we were talking and I was letting her know about my meeting with my supervisor. And then she and she actually asked me, she said, Paul, did you know, um, I'm trying to remember at least generally how she said it. She said, what, why are you why are you staying? You know, she's a board member. 
She said, yeah. why, why, why are you, why are you staying? Like, do you, do you feel like that if you make a transition or, or transition, or if you, you consider something else, like what, why won't you do that? Why won't you really consider? And I'm thinking, well, you're a supporter, you're a friend of mine, you're on my board. Like why, why are we having this conversation? Yeah. And what it came down to on my end, I was dealing with the pride, if you will, and not wanting to be a failure. Mm. Not wanting to have my lasting legacy with this organization is Paul couldn't do it. Mm. Couldn't do it. And, mm. and so I really, that, that really began, um, quite honestly, about a year of just, quite honestly, rediscovering who am I? Mm. Who am I? And uh, But I, I'll never forget that conversation. And I actually just saw her, a good friend of mine, her, her and her husband, really good friends of mine. And um, just, see, you know, they, they kind of watch my journey now. And uh, yeah. her husband, um, he, he was one of the people that read my book. And uh, just, you know, as I was writing it, just as a friend, as, as a supporter. And um, I'll tell you what, I, I, I learned during that time, just like I was encouraging the athletes to not have an identity crisis by being defined by their sport, I couldn't be defined by my work or by whatever impact that I was making. And um, and I tell you what, I'm I'm forever grateful for that time where I had to take a couple steps back. Yeah. I really had to take a couple steps back and I'm very thankful for that time. Uh, That is so, I just like, I'm, you know, we, we do social media for our podcast and I'm like, who am I? That's it. That is because that is such a great question. And the fact that your answers did not include your career that that wasn't, maybe that was the fourth or fifth thing later on, but right. it was son, father, husband, those are the top. And that is a hard question to ask. And then I think, Paul, it's even harder. And so what's so beautiful about your story, what's even harder, some people can ask themselves that question, Paul, and they go, hmm, and ignore the answer, right? right. <laughs> Not actually do anything about it. Um, and just dig in deeper on the career and say, well, maybe, you know, those things are falling apart, but I'm, I am going to have a, like a really great career and that stuff will just fall apart for me. Fine. And so the fact your story of that resiliency and changing your mindset and going through that step, I mean, how incredibly vulnerable of you, how um, open to feedback and this network of people helping you through it is just so impressive. And I think that resiliency then it sounds like carried through, like you were saying, after this alternative school and they closed the campus, you had to have another mind shift, sh- you know, mind shift, mind shift of, okay, I'm going to take advantage of this time. I'm going to write a book. So Paul, were you always like a pretty resilient kid? Like, where do you think that for those of us who struggle with resiliency, where do you think that that comes from? How do you get that? How do you become that resilient as you are? Sure, sure. So, um, so I think we, we talked about maybe it was before we actually start recording. I'm the second of six boys. Um, so um, it, it may not have started out in the most healthy manner. And I've had to learn how to um, use that drive, use that resiliency um, in, a, in a more uh, or in a health in a healthier manner, I, I really believe that it, it started with just really wanting to prove myself and mm-hmm. like making up my mind that I will not be de- denied. As a matter of fact, I actually changed the story a little bit in my book. But back in uh, 2002, um, I, my my high school track and field team, uh, you know, we had a pretty good. That was the best team that I that that I was a part of. And I remember early in that year, I just come off of a surgery. 
And my coach knew how to motivate me. Uh, basically, he would talk trash to me. He would say something that was uh, that was pretty mean or degrading or whatever. Uh, but he didn't really mean it. It was his way because he, he knew that I'd respond to it. He, he knew that I didn't like it and that I'm like, I, I would have this attitude of who the heck are you talking to? And then I would, I would run with everything I had. And I remember, um, and I actually use this example in, in, in my book, uh, Slave No More, Conquered and Master Within, um, I used it with with uh, the main character on his football team, but in reality, it happened to me. Uh, we, were, we were having a practice one day, and my coach came to us. He said, you know what? I think we'll do well in the district. I think we even have a chance to do well in the region. Um, but on state level, I don't know. He said, because I think we have a good thing going on, but if I'm honest, Paul, you're the weakest link. Mm. I, was, I was like, what? what? You're saying this in front of all my teammates, in front of my, my, my relay team, and so on and so forth. And um, my, my, my teammates always said, you know, I, I couldn't stand what Coach did that because Paul would just run crazy for 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 the rest of practice and make it make it harder on us. And and and, I, and it's funny, I wasn't even, you know, this coach had a way of um of of, of making me feel like I was going to that I had the capacity and the, and the potential mm-hmm. to go to the Olympics, even though I wasn't even the best person on my team. <laughs> You know, um, but he knew how to motivate me in that way. But but what happened was, I um, even though I knew what he was trying to do, and 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 it, would, and it was effective, um, I actually that that thing followed me, and and I for the longest time, wherever I went, I didn't want to be the weakest link. Whether mm-hmm. it was when I got to college, working on the group project, now I'm a part of my leadership team at, at you know the school that I'm blessed to work at is. Always, I don't want to be the weakest link. So mm-hmm. I've had to learn how to still have that amount of, uh, you know, good level of resiliency, but just in a in a healthier manner. Yeah, you know, in, a, in a in a healthier uh, manner. But I, I really thought think it started out with just not wanting to miss the mark, not wanting yeah. to be the weak guy, the weak link in the chain. So it's yeah. like, how can you have that same resiliency, but just in a healthier? manner that's something that's quite honestly that's that's part that's uh that's still a work in progress that's still a work in progress so so much of our kelly and i always talk about when we talk with clients and just ourselves it's like you there's always something you're working on and it's usually the same thread right throughout your life and it just gets easier to work on it like you said it's easier for you now to have a healthier view of resiliency and that like weakest link, but it's still the same thing. You're going to work on, I look at, and you have your sons and you're going to, and I see it with my son and you just go, yep, that's what you're going to work on all your life. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And it just gets easier and easier and you get smarter and smarter, but if you know how you can help others. And so speaking of helping others, Paul, what is your, because I just, your story is so wonderful. What are some of the advice you have for others in when they have, when they're facing the question of who am I and like how, what, what do you tell others on how to get through it and be in such a good place like you are right now? Yeah, that, that's, a, that's such a great question. Um, what, one of the things that I've learned to do and I've, I've encouraged others as well is to have the proper lens, you know, what, what lens are you viewing your situation through? So I had to learn um, when I was out of work, I, had, I went from saying, I cannot believe that I was just laid off, you know, from this job, the school clothes, whatever. I cannot believe that this is happening. And then I had to learn this uh, to say, you know what? At the end of the day, I have more time. So it's the same situation, but I had yeah. to change the lens from which I view this situation. So that's one thing 
that I would say um, is is to you know consider the lens from which you're viewing your situation, and and um, and, and sometimes what what happens is that. You, you may need someone, and, and this is something uh, that, that I'm very big on, a part of Bobby, the main character in my, in my book. The part of his journey throughout my book is that he has a mentor that's helping him to, to, to have a proper view of his situation. So that would definitely that would definitely be the second thing is mm-hmm. consider a mentor. And, and when I think of a mentor, I think of someone who's in life where I want to be. I can look at their life. I can identify different things that they have that I want, and I'm able to follow their path uh, of how they got there. You know, it doesn't have to be a a physical path, but it could be just, you know, whether it's a mindset or just different intangibles for however they got to where they are um, and and say, hey, you know, how'd you you get there? And the reality is, because a lot of people say, how do you find a mentor? The reality is, is there are so many people out there There's so many people out there who are looking to give. There's so many people out there who are looking to give. And like, you know what? I've I've been successful. I've I've achieved a a, a thing or or, or two. And man, I I would really like to give back. And if they're really a wealth, they have a wealth of, of, um, of knowledge that they're ready and willing to give. I remember um, back in December or or November, I was speaking at my church and then I asked a question how many are, are looking for a, a mentor? A certain group of people raised their hand. And then I asked a, my follow-up question was, how many people are in a position where you're looking for somebody to mentor? Another group of people raised their hand. And I'm like, we're in this we're in this room all together. And we have people who are looking to be mentored and people who are looking to mentor. We're all in here together, but we don't know if we don't ask. So there, there, does, there is a level of initiative when it comes to um, you know finding a mentor that I believe sometimes has to be taken if you're really adamant about making that change um, in your life. Mm, such beautiful advice. And I was just thinking mentorship too. It's that you mentioned the mindset of just being even open to it because sometimes you have a very formal, like you did at church and you're like, who needs a mentor? Who wants a mentor? And you could have more of a formal, but then sometimes you just run into people in life. And if you're open they tell you something, you're like, oh my goodness, that's amazing mm-hmm. advice. And then I never Absolutely. see him again. But it was this this beautiful moment, and you're open to it, and you have such a wonderful open mindset, Paul. So I was gonna ask Kelly, what about Paul's story really touches you and go, wow, that was just something I thought of differently today because we listened to Paul's story. I just think about in a word, really grit. You're just a, a person who has a lot of determination to figure things out. You may not know the answer, but you'll find it. Um, And you care so deeply about what you have signed up for that it could have been easy for you to quit along the way and just say, I give up. Um, I'm done. But you, you, you hung in there because it was important for you to figure it out. And because you care so deeply about what it is that you, um, for the, for the commitments that you make, they are just that to you, their commitments. So I wonder, in being an athlete and in taking on the responsibilities that you did, you spoke a lot about resiliency. Did vulnerability come naturally to you? Because you're very vulnerable in the way that you speak, obviously, on this podcast. But I wonder if that came at an early age to you as well. Um, I I think that vulnerability um, probably started coming when I I was in college. Um, You know, I, I remember... When I 
begin to learn about being accountable and having an accountability partner. Uh, it was, it was mm. very uncomfortable at first. So I'm like, you, you mean somebody actually like wants to know my business. I don't know how <laughs> I feel about that. Uh, but then, then I realized the the most successful people in different areas of their life. I mean, it could be in, it could be in whatever area it could be different field, whether it's professional, spiritual, um, athletic or whatever it is. Just about every single one that I talked to has someone that was holding them accountable, someone that they were allowing into in, their life. So that was something that I had to to to, to work on. Um, you know, I, so just a, a transparent moment. My wife and I we're in a, in a position now where we're, um, you know, we're we're looking to buy a house, and we're, we're like, well, does this make sense? And we're trying to figure this out over here, trying to figure out, okay, how does this, how do these numbers work? I called. A, um, I called the financial planner who I've known for like seven, eight years. I actually met him when I was with FCA. He, I f- just finished on a chapel, I, mm. I, you know, and I introduced myself to him. He helped me with some fundraising, you know, during my, my time there. So I've known him for a long time, but I've never asked him, hey, this is where my financial situation is. And, and it's amazing that asking him that simple question, it did two things. One, he told me something. He said, Paul, you're not behind. And I was like, my gosh. So just him telling me that it breathed life into me. Second, mm-hmm. he gave me answers that were right in front of me that I just didn't see. But if I was not vulnerable, you know, which, you know, once again, it took me a while to get there. If I if I wasn't vulnerable, I don't know that I would have made the simple changes that he that that he suggested that I make, which is quite honestly to put my family in a much better position even now. And um, mm-hmm. so that accountability and just uh, that vulnerability. I tell you what, it, 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 it's almost like a, it may be a muscle um, that you have to exercise, you know, here and there. But at the end of the day, it's worth it. It's absolutely worth it. Oh, so beautiful. And I think what what really resonates with me, too, I mean, you fit definitely all of the charge characteristics, all, the entire charge framework. I mean, if there was a model for what charge looks like, I feel like it's Paul Henderson, honestly. Um, oh, wow. you would be the model for it seriously, because it's, it's, you're, you're all of them, your courage for sure. Um, just all of the changes, all the adjustments that you made changing jobs. So drastically too, taking a pay cut, you know, working from the NFL to going to, you know, a school where you work with, with, um, you know, with, with, you know, kids that are, you know, um, you know, alternative schools. I mean, we know what those kinds of schools, what you're facing as a teacher, um, you know, people hitting you and you're giving everything you can and they can't, they unfortunately can't see that. Um, they're not in the right frame of mind to be, to be able to see it. Um, you know, the humility, you're a very humble person too. So you're giving yourself in ways that are, I don't even think you realize, um, but you, you have a very humble quality about you, hum- very humble nature. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also that, that, um, ability that you have to want to do things right and be very intentional about how you're seeking to get information. Um, so it really speaks to the accuracy component. I love that you have goals that you've set for yourself too. You want to get a house. You want all these things for your family. Um, and that speaks to the goal-oriented nature of things. Um, and then we spoke, of course, resiliency quite a bit. And then just this world needs so many role models and that really speaks to the exemplary feature too. Um, Mm. And so you really are a profile in what it means to be everything that charge stands for. So I'm just so um, humbled to have heard your conversation and your story today in part, because 
there's so much um, that we hear in headlines that isn't always great to hear. And this story, I think, really shows that you can really change the way that you view your life. You can have situations that, you know, your career is going well. You can be offered a suggestion to look at something different. You can maybe take that path, maybe not take that path or take it, make a change, readjust, hear words from a mentor, start writing that evening, the first few words to your book. And then, you know, in two months, really craft your, your, your text that you just released this year. Congratulations. I mean, just so so amazing. I mean, what an amazing feeling to have released your book. Do you have another one that you want to write or is it just one and done? Oh no, I, I absolutely have um, um, probably likely more than one. Uh, the, the next one I'm going to write, I thought the first one would go down this path, but the first one just took its own path. So hopefully, the second one will um, go a little further. I think the first yeah. one um, sets a good foundation, and hopefully, the second one is able to to build um, to, to to build on what we did with the first one. Mm. Well, I mean, for me, to to Carrie's point, the the, the quote for me was you know, God, who am I? You know, that idea of, you know, you're my son, Kira's husband, father to your boys. And it had nothing to do with all of the, you know, the job, all of that, that gave me goosebumps. And that was, you know, the primary message that really resonated with me today as well. Um, And so I'm just grateful to you, Paul, for sharing your story with us. um, And for, you know, giving us the opportunity to to share it with all of our listeners. So we will go ahead and make sure that your the link to your book is in um, our show notes. So everyone has the ability um, to read it, of course. Um, and my hope is that people will reach out to you for you to be their mentor, because I think that there are many people who would love for you to be a mentor for them on their journey, um, much in the way that you've sought out mentors that have helped you become who you are today. So we're so grateful to have had you on our podcast. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us. Oh, thank you so much. And thank you so much uh, for, for, for your kind words. They, they mean more than, they mean more than, you know, absolutely. Thank you, Paul. Thank you for listening to the recharge your life podcast. Please sign up for our newsletter at abracigroup.com and follow us on social media. You can find us on LinkedIn at Abrachi Group, Instagram at Warriors of HR, and Twitter at Warriors underscore HR. Remember to subscribe to our podcast, leave a review, and please tell a friend. And be sure to drop us a note on how you are recharging your life. We can't wait to hear from you.